you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL Podcast. Put on weight over the offseason. That's true. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Who put on weight? What is that? That feels like an, a, you know, an unmitigated jab at I nobody. Mean, that's, a, that's a lie. I mean, we got old Beachbody over here, Mark Sessler, Beachbody coach. Beachbody. I was watching uh, randomly a show from like two Decembers ago. Yeah. We all look a little bit less insane than we did then in terms of we were, we were pasty disasters two Decembers ago. Well, I've been running a lot. I've been, I'm in good shape this summer. I'm saying. I mean, everyone, yeah. Everyone's looking I'm, good. I'm where I am, which is not in a great place, but not like is some type of situation where they're going to have to like send me away to a camp or something. Thing is, someone like, wrote that. Where we have to be. Some human in the building yeah. created that line about the four of us, and I don't appreciate yeah. it at all. We're on to you, Patrick Claybon. December. <laughs> December's tricky, though. You mentioned December. Yeah. December's after like the end of a long season where there's uh, there's food that they're just feeding you like uh, like you're on in some type of factory and it's just like on a conveyor belt <laughs> oh, yeah. put into your body as you keep writing about. Yeah. It. By it, then I'm just asking. I, I want like an assassin's bullet to take me out in the middle of the Whoa. Night, by d- the middle of December. It, it, there is always a big time difference. Like there'll be those stories like, oh, look how good Eric Mangini looks after the you know the off season. Yeah. He really got in shape and then cut to like week fifteen oh, and weak. Mangini's. Just he's in a different place then. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Uh, yeah, good show today. Got a lot to get to today. This is, of course, our Wednesday video show and uh, the video show, which you could check out at NFL.com slash ATN video. 930 p.m. Eastern time. This will go up uh, on the website. 630 Pacific London. Deal with it. Australia. Whatever. Ireland. The Emerald Isle. Figured Your out. problem. And or just watch it whenever you want at NFL.com slash right. 18 video. Yeah, for those guys, just take a, take a day and fully don't think about the show at all. Catch it tomorrow. It'll be there. Japan, ask Greg. Greg knows. Everything's like a 14-hour difference or so. Confusing. From here. 
Um, big show today. Big show today. Uh, we are going to talk about some QB announcements. Oh, yeah. They're starting to pile up a little bit here. Um, so we're going to go through some decisions being made as we get uh, ready for week three of the preseason. That's when teams get serious. Uh, also, uh, we're debuting a brand new segment, uh, Roto World Blurbs from the Future. So get ready for that. Could be okay. Could be a disaster. It, no, it's going to be good. People don't know this, but I still have the password to the Roto World admin system, mm. so I can do this. I can write blurbs in the future. Note to Evan Silva: change the password. <laughs> that would be helpful. And also, we're bringing them back. Trash takes with Patrick Claybon, and uh, we we figured we had to send out the the trash takes uh, light, like with the Batman symbol in the air when Odell Beckham got hurt on Monday night against the Browns. Uh, so Claybon will join us at the bottom of the show to talk about that. But before we do anything else, uh, we say hello to the woman behind the glass, Erica Tamposi. She's just getting her feet wet. Yep. What's up, Erica? <laughs> yep, feet are wet. Feet are soaked. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, she's just dipping them in, but she's not afraid to do some controversial things or, you know, suggest anything. I mean, she's coming in hot. Kind of I like it. The bizarro Sydney on that level, where yeah, bit of a firecracker, and a, and you gotta you gotta see what's gonna happen next. You Likes never know. to keep her verbiage short, but behind the scenes, yeah. operating in a very menacing way potentially. She's like a she's like called up from Double A, and she's throwing fastballs at the batter's chin right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, it's like whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't go, don't aim at the head. <laughs> don't buzz the tower if you're gonna tr- go near him. Maybe hit him in the side, get him in the ribs, get him in the buttocks. Uh, stay away from the old bean ball. She said, no, that's the only way I know how to play. Is this all checking out? Eric? A little bit, but, like, guys, be careful. I could change, like, the entire pitch of your voice if I don't like what you're right, saying. So this is, what I, well, this this is exactly what we're talking And we about. absolutely trust that you would do that. Yes. You should. Uh, you should. Let's do some news. I'm scared. I'm scared <laughs> of our new producer. Between Coach Jackson and Coach Lee, I can't say enough great things about those guys. So whatever they decide, I, uh, you know, support 100%. That's good, Brock Osweiler, uh, because things are not trending well for you in Cleveland. Uh, Brock Osweiler, who as late as Monday afternoon, if, if you were watching Total Access, the flagship show of NFL Network, Ian Rappaport did a live report right before the Browns and Giants kicked off saying that Brock Osweiler basically has the starting job for the Browns locked up. He just needs to not blow it against the Giants. And Brock Osweiler then went out on the field and played extremely poorly, which shouldn't surprise anyone because he's a, a poor quarterback. Let's be honest. I'm not trying to be mean here. But the result of that poor play uh, led to Browns head coach Hugh Jackson announcing on Wednesday that rookie Deshaun Kaiser will start in the team's third preseason game against the Bucks. And uh, this is even crazier. No Brock at all in the third game, Mark. Uh, break it down. Well, I, th- I mean, of all the quarterback announcements that have you know fl- fluttered about the last couple of days, this one I find surprising. Although I think all of us would view Deshaun Kaiser as the better project at quarterback. He's still incredibly inexperienced and has barely played in the NFL. And yet you go with the player with more potential. I think we know what we have in Brock Osweiler. And you're sitting him at this point because I think a, two, two, because a couple of things could happen. A, either... Kaiser really, really stinks up the joint in this in this week three matchup against mm. the Bucks, and you potentially still could go back to Osweiler and call, hey, rookie still needs to learn. Or B, you shop Osweiler, you're still trying to shop him, and you don't get him hurt. You just keep him out of harm's way, essentially. Why put both potential starters in this game? 
I find it hard to believe there's any scenario where Osweiler starts week one. I, I, I could be wrong. I'm just <laughs> I guessing. Yeah. But I think you're making a choice here. As much as I respect, uh, you know, our NFL Network insider Ian Rapport, sure, saying that it was his chance not to blow. He played 14 snaps in that game. Brock Osweiler. It was like nine passing plays. Not like he even got much of a chance. If you look at what they did in the preseason, he only played what was it, four drives, five drives, very w- little. Yeah. Wasn't on the field that much. Kaiser was the guy they were getting ready in this game, and so I think I think the ship has sailed on Brock I, Osweiler I, as a potential starter. I think it goes back to. The idea that I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about some predictions and when he was working with the second team exclusively and uh, Osweiler, and then all of a sudden he was the starter in the first preseason game. That was a scratch your head moment. And then there was the week two and it seemed like he had this opportunity. But all it really feels like now is that they were putting him on a platform and they're trying to trade him. I think they they would love to trade Brock Osweiler. And even if it means shedding half of the $16 million or something like that to get him off the books. But what they needed him to do is cooperate a little bit. And in both the first game and in his limiting play, limited play in the second game, he did nothing positive. So what value does Brock Osweiler have on the trade market? I, the only thing I'd say is that whatever happened in a, in a couple series with Cleveland, I don't think the most general managers out there would say, hey, suddenly he's a completely different player than he's been. He's a, he's a player with a lot of liabilities. The thing with Cleveland, I mean, they've already won this scenario. They got a second-round pick from the Texans for the Osweiler thing with money they didn't mind spending. If they even get, if they, if some team gets into dire straits and they trade him for a conditional sixth or seventh and cut the salary in half, it's another big win for. They're Cleveland. not, they're not cutting the salary in half. I, I don't think they'll find. Well, they any. talked about every. That's that, what they want. A lot of their trade talks of them, right. them saying they'll pay part of the salary. You're I, not going to get a team to take sixteen million. No, I, I'm saying a team would only take on Brock Osweiler if they. W- I don't think any team would give up anything for Brock Osweiler to start. But if if I was wrong and they did, they're only taking on let's say four million, five million dollars. There's no way a team's going to play pay Brock Osweiler eight million dollars well, right now. It's still a win for Cleveland. You know, I mean, they got what they needed out of it. You know what would be even better for Cleveland is if Ryan Grigson was still the GM in Indianapolis. Maybe you could have spun that some magic help. back over to the Colts. You could retrade you know. Trent Richardson to the Colts. It, it's a win for the – it's always been a win for the Browns. It was trending towards a, a Brownsy type thing to have him starting, but I think what they're doing here makes sense and is smart. Brock Osweiler is no, no, not even a bridge, let's be honest. He's, right. he's just Brock Osweiler. Right. Get the kid in there if you think he can handle it. There's no reason to think he, Brock would be better – playing quarterback than Deshaun Kaiser or Cody no. Kessler. And he has no he obviously has no future in Cleveland. Kessler still does. So that's why I, I said I can't see any scenario. If for some reason Kaiser really shows that they believe he can't start, and my mind is they've basically made their mind up Kaiser's going to be the week. Well, they have started. to be expecting some rocky play right. with Kaiser. For some reason they changed their mind. They have Cody Kessler, and yeah. I think he'd start. Um, Cody Kessler is also there. So as we talked about, let's not call it a deep quarterback situation. Yeah, I deep, mean, it's, it's but they have very a guy perilous. that they could say is our backup if they ever found a way to move Brock. They wouldn't be totally vulnerable with Kaiser. I mean, they're like a they're it, like a twisted like a hamstring injury in a flu scenario away from Kevin Hogan starting. <laughs> if you're the Colts, as like desperate as the Colts are, and as bad as Scott Tolzien's looked, and as bad as that room is, like why would you even believe that Brock Osweiler coming in there? without any practice in that system is any better than those guys. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the New York Giants and also news that came out of the Monday night game. Odell Beckham goes up to grab a ball, uh, uh, grab a pass, gets undercut 
by a Browns uh, safety. Who is the safety, Mark? Who's the culprit? Brian Buddy Calhoun. Oh, one of one of Mark's favorites. He's a good player. I, he's also one of Greg Williams' favorites. I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> oh, it, it, anyway. it was ruled a f- completely clean hit, by the way. Odell Beckham injures his ankle. He ends up uh, going back to the locker room, dropping to his knees uh, down in the runway behind the in, the in the catacombs of the building. And now you're wondering how serious is it? At first, everyone was worried. Did he blow out his knee? No, it's an ankle injury. But how serious is the ankle injury? We don't know. We know that Beckham was not at practice on Wednesday with the Giants uh, per multiple reports. Uh, and on top of that, um, there is a report out there from ESPN.com that it is not out of the question that Beckham could miss a week or two of the regular season. So, you know, you wonder. I I don't think it's been specified what kind of ankle injury is. Is it a high ankle injury? Whatever no, it co- is. Coach Ben McAdoo would not say what type, but he just – today they, they asked him point blank, what's, is there any chance he wouldn't be there for week one? All he would say is it's day-to-day. It's too far away to know. But yeah. that would indicate you – you would think it's a high there's ankle a chance. sprain. Yeah. You would think it's Which a is high bad. It's I mean, really it, bad. the report was a little soft, though, too. Like, there's a chance he could miss mm-hmm. a week or two. There's a chance he won. Well, that's great. Anything, there's a chance. <laughs> Greg wants a stronger a, report. I'm just saying there's a chance I could walk to San Diego. I mean, it's like <laughs> not much of one. There's I'd say chance. Is that well, What's the percentage chance of you walking? It's pretty low. It's pretty low. Okay. You'd have to have someone with a gun just to your head you know, with something at stake for you to do that. Where would you go? If you went to San Diego, a lot of good taco, but a lot of good taco places, Pacific Beach. I think you're you would need immediately water if you walked from here to San Diego before you started to eat tacos. <laughs> yeah. A lot of water. I feel like it's potentially dangerous too. A tr- that type of trek. I we worry about you, Greg. I'm in good shape. I can handle it. You really, you're <laughs> really, really feeling good up. about yourself. Physically Greg is. This is right two two times in uh, twelve minutes. Greg is notified <laughs> us about his physical fitness. Uh, let's move back to some quarterback news. Uh, because the Houston Texans have decided on their week one starter. After two preseason games, Bill O'Brien uh, is sticking to his plan, and Tom Savage is the starter. Deshaun Watson, their first-round pick, is the backup. Um, O'Brien confirmed the stance in an interview with uh, reporters in Houston on Tuesday. Um, so we don't know, uh, Greg, if – if Savage is somebody that will be starting by Halloween, for instance. Uh, but all we know is that they are, at least at the start of this thing, they're being a little bit conservative with their first-round pick. Is it the right move? I think it is. I think Savage has played well in the preseason. By all accounts, he's played well in training camp. Bill O'Brien had this plan. This is kind of what you were hoping for. This is what didn't happen in Cleveland right. or maybe isn't happening in Chicago where the veteran that's the placeholder actually plays well and steps up. And I, I think they want to see – I Bill O'Brien, for one, wants to see what Tom Savage can do. I think he believes in Savage. He drafted the kid uh, in his first year in Houston. And I think they think he has potential and most likely he's just, you know, holding holding the fort for a few weeks. It's never the perfect scenario when you'd have to shove a rookie in. I don't care who it is. Even when it's Andrew Luck, you'd love to have someone grease the skids for half a season, show you what it's like to prepare for games from week to week. Tom Savage, who knows what his future is in Houston, but Bill O'Brien could not have asked for this to play out any better because Deshaun Watson did not look day one ready to me. He's he's does some things very well, but it's perfect for him to rest for a couple months. He will play this season, though. I mean, do we have to admit at this point, four years into this bit, that Tom Savage, you know, week one starter, that's pretty real. That's fairly Tom real. Tom Savage is real. <laughs> that's, that's as real as it gets. Yeah. What do we need? What do we need I mean, to retire the Tom Savage trap? How about this? I know it's completely arbitrary, but it's the first thing that popped in my head. 
a single game where he has a 100 passer rating <laughs> in a regular season contest. Okay. I mean, I feel like he's crossed certain barriers that would prove to us that he's a real human being already. Um, well, we also we, we the want theory. to belabor the experiment, but there could be new things he needs to do. Don't forget about the theory we had that it was Nick Cage. Um, <laughs> a very loose theory. He does look like Nick Cage. football role, and he was a doppelganger scenario. The a fake. very loose theory. Not even a doppelganger because Tom Savage might not be real. It would be like a face-off scenario type of thing. Interesting. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So, uh, you know, Mark, you know we've been way plugged in on this. Is Joe Flacco's back injury a fluco? Yeah, I mean, this, we've been on top of this from the minute you I mean, know, this apparent injury happened. It's witty wordplay like this is why people keep coming back. This is how we got the Stitcher in 13, guys. <laughs> this is how we got Best New Podcast in 12. <laughs> a little bit of a, an award drought. But back when RG3 was <laughs> we're like, a we're shining like, story. We're like the Marissa Tomei of award winners. It's like in 15 years we're going to have a big-time comeback and everyone will be like, hey, where's uh, Tomei been? She yeah. should have been around more. Yeah, that actually feels like a very real possibility. Best case scenario for the show. Anyway, uh, I love Tomei. Big fan. Yeah, Just saying she's, that. She's she's talented. Um, Joe Flacco. He's got the injury. Doesn't look like a fluco because he has uh, not practiced. He is not going to sniff the preseason. We know that. So again, despite the Ravens continuing continuously playing it down and John Harbaugh not really being uh, big on talking about it in detail, uh, there's questions about whether Joe Flacco is going to be ready for the start of the season. So what do the reporters do? They go to Marty Mordenweg, the team's offensive coordinator, and they ask him for a soundbite. He gives them one. They say, uh, hey, Marty, uh, is there a time you'd like to see Joe back practicing for you to have a comfort level? Uh, Marty really cut through all the BS and gave us a hard answer, and there's no more questions. Marty, uh, is there a time you would like to see Joe practicing for you to have a comfort level? Yeah, well, I think I know, and at least Joe thinks he knows when this will happen. So that, that way I think I know, and so we think we know. And then, and then so, and look, at if it's before that or uh, a little bit before, it's probably not going to be much before, but maybe a little bit before or a little bit after, we'll adjust the plan. And then so uh, as, long as, as long as he's back, uh, with a reasonable amount of time to prepare, I think we're going to be just fine there. Yeah. Any questions? I mean, this is essentially an underling that once the question was asked, realized I need to not generate a headline here yeah. or provide any. Like, humana, humana, so humana. you're dancing around that gets you to the point where the soundbite is going crazy because you've just done a who's on first scenario. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. We've all been there where you're saying something and it's like, shut up, shut up, say something different. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden you're just you've been talking for 40 seconds. Typically right? in like interpersonal scenarios. They they keep saying how confident they are as he keeps not practicing and as they keep making all their previous statements look like lies, essentially, because they said at one point he's playing in the preseason. They said at one point he's not returning three to six weeks. It's been a long time. And regardless of. Okay, he let's say he returns to practice next week, but that's the best case scenario. I would how could you not be worried if you're a Ravens coach just that yeah. he's not going to get hurt again? I'm with you. Uh moving on. Uh Hard Knocks, we're not going to do a full episode recap of episode 3 of 5 which aired on Tuesday night and later in the week in other markets overseas. That's, you know, we care about Hey, listen, we care about our listeners and viewers very much overseas. We just don't give an F what the time zone is. Don't. These are two separate situations, and I just want to make that clear. Don't give an F, and secondly, hardly it could be tested to figure it out. 
Yeah. Um, you could, you, yeah, you could figure it out how to skip ahead right now if you really didn't want any yeah. spoilers. This won't be much of a spoiler, though, but there was an aspect of Tuesday's episode where um, the ESPN Monday Night crew, uh, headed by your boy John Gruden, uh, came to Bucks camp uh, to meet with players, including Jameis Winston. When Winston enters the room, uh, he sees Rex Ryan, who is on the ESPN. I had forgotten about this. You just life moves on, and then all of a sudden there was Rex popped up. He's he's on ESPN. He's an analyst, and uh, and let me let's play the clip here. And I and I just have a, a quick thought as a as a sad Jets fan. What's up, Jameis? How you doing, man? Let's see. What's up, man? What's up, coach? <laughs> How you doing? You with this crew now? Yeah, well, no, nah, I'm a backup. Jameis, here's the thing I see. Nobody won more than you did in college. You know what I mean? It's the same damn game. You have everything on this team you need to win. You know, I'm jealous. I never had a quarterback like you. Unfortunately, I got a plenty of time to watch it. <laughs> Okay, he's being self-deprecating there, and uh, and in the actual episode, if you watch the whole episode, it turns into at one point, uh, it goes from because this is basically a fact-finding mission for the the game telecast. Rex like turns into a coach and starts telling Jameis Winston all the things he has to do to take his game to the next level, and gets really passionate. And clearly, you know, slips out of this this media role he's been forced into. But the point I wanted to make was that. As somebody that studies Hard Knocks very closely, obviously, and you can read the episode recaps at NFL.com slash Hard Knocks, um, it was really sad, and as a Jets fan, to see Rex so marginalized in the scene. He's mm-hmm. back on Hard Knocks for the first time in seven years. Uh, he's a Hard Knocks legend. He, he, it's the st- stuff of myth if you watch the show. Best season uh, ever. Honestly. Yeah, he was, he was gregarious. He was foul-mouthed. He was... Uh, just entertaining. It was perfect, his performance in that season, and it was one of the more exciting, if ultimately fruitless, times for the Jets. And then to see him now seven years later, um, John Gruden's backup guy, he calls himself a backup. It reminded me of, and Connor and I were talking about this, like it reminded me of like a guy that ruled his high school. Yeah. And then like he comes back seven years later, and he's like the gym teacher. And it's just kind of like, oh. I can't think of a coach that I'd rather have huddled up with my quarterback to teach him how to raise that position's <laughs> uh, level of play. But I, but yeah, right, he, he is right. He did. He never did have a quarterback like Jameis Winston. But I don't know if that would have made a difference. Well, they would have. They would have potentially wherever he was. They would have met pre-draft process and probably gotten to know each other pretty well at that point. Right. And I think Rex. He's not even gonna try to hide how much he misses the game no, and itch- is itching to get back. So we'll see how this ESPN role goes. Part of the reason he was there is because he's practicing doing color analyst work because he's going to be doing the Monday night football doubleheader. So I think they were there practicing doing the game, not even on air. And we'll see. I, I just can't imagine he's going to get that much juice from – being an announcer. I think he'll be someone's assistant or a coordinator next year. I'm with you 100% on the timeline, but I honestly think if I was excited about potentially seeing Jay Cutler call games, I uh, Rex has annoyed me a thousand times over, but I think he'll be fun to watch. Oh, I love that game, by the way. Simeon, Rivers, end of week, week one, late night, Denver. I love that week one doubleheader. It's ending at one well, in the morning. Simeon, your nephew we, 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 or something? Simeon, <laughs> Rivers, two uh, Titans finally collide. I guess I know your. <laughs> I guess I know your answer, guys. But I did post a poll because uh, Connor and or, Connor Orr and I have a um, 
a vodka uh, wager on the line uh, about Rex Ryan. I say he'll return in some capacity as an NFL coach. Connor thinks it's done. Connor thinks that either he's going to college or he's kind of like run out of chances and he's done and you're not going to see him on the sidelines again. Almost 2,500 people voted. 56 or say that Rex will return. Uh, on my end of things, so good news for Danny and Tito's uh, potentially, but you guys both think he'll be back as well in some capacity. I like the college idea because if you're Rex, you've had to move around a couple mm. times at this point, and another latching on as a DC that could be a one or two year gig too. College, he could plug in and be a really good college coach, fit an atmosphere, and be there for 15 years potentially. Yeah, that make that makes some sense, and you can be the head guy. I just think he loves football so much that one way or another. I think he would accept being a coordinator or a linebackers coach if it, if it came to it to get. I would have thought that about Gruden though too. I th- well, may, but I think a linebacker is a positional coach job he won't take. But I did use this example when Connor and I were talking about it. He might not be able to get a defensive coordinator job immediately, really? but he could to me work his way back there quickly and he'll he'll get the and the first name that came to mind was Greg Williams when he came back to the Titans I was like what what ridiculous title did they give them to satiate his ego and get him back in the league and that title was get ready <laughs> get ready here it comes senior assi- senior assistant slash defense yeah I can see Rex coming back to the head coach. Yeah, exactly. I mean they'll find a way to you know appease would you really if you're unless you were a super alpha male empowered head coach. Do you really want Rex Ryan as one of your coordinators from a personnel from a personality standpoint? I think this is a humbling time for Rex. Yeah. Maybe he comes back and is is little uh, down a couple pegs. And the last few years have not been easy on him. Oh, by the way, last it'd few have years his defensive that, scheme didn't work either. It'd have to be someone that maybe worked with him before, mm-hmm. but it's not like Rex has like a coaching tree of guys who have gotten head jobs. I don't know. Well, how about I Anthony don't know if Lynn? Marvin Lewis or those guys. Mike Pettin's still Get a little in. Anthony Lynn flip a there. Mike Pettin's still living in that treehouse overlooking Brown's practice. That's unkind. <laughs> That's unkind. Just it was uncalled for. Well, so, well Mike Pettin uh, friends over here. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> that was uncalled yeah. for, Dan. Did he get a job? He is. He is in search of one still, and I think he's oh. a candidate to get a college job at some point too. He's getting paid though by uh well, that's Haslam the thing. Family. There are probably there are roughly you know twenty to thirty coaches out there that are probably on the beach because they're still getting paid by Cleveland. All right, let's move on now. It's time for training camp spotlight, presented of course by our friends at New Era. Well, we've never met them, but they seem like they could be very good people. Their hats are they're giving obviously great. I mean, they're exploding, is what they are. These hats just so multiply every week. Here's the Lev Bell deal. This came. This became official on Tuesday. Uh, that he is going to report to the Steelers on September 1st, uh, ending, I guess it's not technically a holdout um, uh, because he didn't have to be here. He's unsigned. He's not He's unsigned. technically on the team. Uh, so anyway, he, he will report to the team on September 1st, and uh, that is not coincidentally uh, after the third preseason game or the fourth and final preseason game, uh, which, by the way, I, I don't, I don't want to cycle back real quick, but Another another example of the Odell Beckham situation. Get these guys off the field for these preseason games, especially your star players. What is there to gain? Especially a guy who's not does not have a long term contract, you know, under his belt right well, now. What is there to gain anyway? So Bell will be back with the team September first. Uh, so let's take a look now at the uh, running back situation for the Steelers. Mark, your thoughts on that room? They got a nice little rookie there too. I think you add James Conner. They. They like Fitzgerald to Sant. You know, he's he's someone they've leaned on for a couple years. 
it really the, the, the way the timing this worked out. Does, is anyone surprised on any level? Not at all. Le'Veon Bell rolls in exactly when I think most of us thought it would potentially happen, and it is. And as long as he's kept himself uh, in premier shape, which I would imagine then I don't really think we need to worry much about Fitz, Toussaint, and James Conner. No. You know, for a big chunk of the season, that is their workhorse. Well, you, you have to wonder. He's going to have about one padded practice, someone pointed out, before the season starts, and only have about four practices total. That's not much. So and we, he'll have 210 total yards. At a position game. where I think that's different than if he were a quarterback Right, or so they're, they're at Cleveland week one. I mean, it's not a huge break for the Browns, but I don't think you're getting the full Lev Bell experience that week. And this whole thing of like announcing when he's coming back has been strange. It's put his teammates in weird situations. I found it very interesting on Wednesday that Ben Roethlisberger uh, was asked about Le'Veon Bell, and he had said weeks ago that he sent Bell two text messages, and Bell never responded. And then he he updated that today to say, yeah, Lev Lev still has never. <laughs> Kind of dogging back dogging to QB one. So if I'm Ben Roethlisberger, why are you putting that business out there? You're making yourself look like a little bit of a, a look, clown. I, like, I, I agree. That Bell look bad too. It, it's no almost like good. he's trying to make Love Bell look bad, yeah. but I see it and I look at it like, hey, we kind of know Love Bell's been in touch with some of these offensive linemen. That's not showing you. I mean, your we QB people, one much respect. We have people in this company that if you text them, they don't text back either. So. Who who is that? Plenty of people. A lot of people. Some people don't return texts. Okay. Was it, is that a shot at one of us? I didn't know. No, not at all. In oh. fact, yeah, I'd say the three of us text each other along with Wes more than any people I've ever known in my entire life. So <laughs> certainly good. not a shot too, at us. Too much texting. But, yeah, it uh, made Ben look a little small there. A little bit. A little bit. And uh, you know what that was, guys? That was a little, training camp little spotlight. segment we like to call that. Training Camp Spotlight presented by New Era. thought it was one of the better ones. <laughs> I thought it was really good. Where has got to be pleased with that. Uh, Are they monitoring closely? You know, I'm not thrilled because my desk, you know, if you're watching on video, you would know this, but the, for the audio, you know, I'm, I'm in a different spot today because Wes isn't here. Yeah. And it, it has been part of my contract to have the, the Patriots hat in front of me, and that's not the case today. Mm. So, Very tough situation. Tough for spot for Tim Posey after the show. Throne of ease, throne of ease. By the way, Greg, you have not um, – it has not escaped my eye um, that you are wearing one of the brand new NFL Network. Oh yeah, polos. I thought this would be a good spot for it. It's a video show. It's still summer outside. <laughs> All right, let's talk about New Era a little bit more. New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There's no reason you shouldn't make the new era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire. Mm. Every day, please. Like, what if you're at a wedding? I don't care where you are. You can wear it before the wedding and then clean up. What if you're, and God forbid, what if you're at your mother's funeral? Well, that's a horrible scenario, but maybe when you get home and you're decompressing, you could wear a hat then, a new era hat. Crack open a beer. Put on your Colts cap and think about the good times. It's there, ah. it's there for you on, on positive and negative days. Anyway, these hats are available at retailers like Lids, NFLShop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods in your favorite team. Love you, Mom. Uh, all right. Here we go. Oh, very excited. Um, now, 
the segment we're about to do. Let me first set up the segment. The name of this segment is Roto World Blurbs from the Future. Very good. All right. Very good. Off to a good start here. Uh, and uh, Erica Tamposi behind the glass again, showing her wiles in a big spot. Very, very talented. Very Great job. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here we go. Now, everyone uses Roto World. Everybody. If you don't, if you don't use it, you're a lying piece of garbage. Okay. Because nothing more. If you like fantasy. Uh, you use Roto World. You can use other stuff like NFL.com. We have a lot of great writers uh, on NFL.com in the fantasy realm. Nice podcast, all that stuff. But you're going to use Roto World if for you news. L- yeah, for fantasy news. For like the, for the little blurbs. How about how about the old Zeuser? In a in a in a spot, if I want to like, catch up on what's just going on in the league, sometimes I'll just pop over to Roto World right there too. Great mobile app too. Very easy to use. Oh, what an app! Yeah, this is really app. working out well for the Roto World people. <laughs> so what what they're famous for? They're famous for their quick blurbs. You get right to it. Greg knows all about it. Uh, he is uh, the the founder of Roto World. Built it brick by brick. That's not true. HTML at least he built that. Did not build that. Did work there for about nine years. You built the structure where you worked. A founding father. Founding father? (laughs) I guess. I mean, that makes me sound like uh, Ben Franklin or something. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, uh, Greg's here, and that's cool. But I do want (laughs) to, since Greg's been out of the game a little bit, uh, we're going to write some Roto World blurbs from the future. And I thought maybe we could use some guidance for someone that's a little more Let's you know relevant in that company Whoa, at sure. this point. Nothing sure. personal, Greg. Uh, so um, I reached out to our friend of the pod, Evan Silva, the big fish. Mm. And Evan's so the first thing you do when you're trying to write a Roto World news blurb is you have to find some blurb-worthy news. Let's go to Adam Schefter's Twitter feed. Pay attention. Schefter here. tweeted that Seth Deval has won the Browns' starting tight end job over David Njoku and Randall Telfer. Schefter has not actually tweeted this, but this is what I dream about, and I know Quiet Storm dreams about Schefter <laughs> tweeting. So for this specific so exercise, let's pretend Schefter tweeted it. Writing this down, so Greg? we run into our admin, and we pull up Seth DeVal's Roto World news page. Okay. Adam Schefter reports Seth DeVal has won the Browns' starting tight end job. Okay. That's our top line. We're keeping it simple. We create a headline on the site. DeVal beats out Njoku for starting CE job. Noted. And then we moved on to the opinion portion. These are the blue letters down below where we add some stats or context or our opinion about this player and perhaps his fantasy football value. Um, Beautiful. I mean, just, Mark, are you curious what that actual write-up would be? If I'm very curious. Well, I'd love to see it, you know, from the, from the words of Evan Silva. Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. Here's what we're going to go with for the opinion section. <laughs> a spark freak genius who played college ball at Princeton then completely annihilated his pro day in 2016 <laughs> with an absurd 40-inch vertical leap and a cornerback like 6.963 cone time. DeVal ran laps around Njoku from the moment the hype rookie arrived in Berea, creating cavities of preseason separation despite Brock the heist Osweiler's inability to connect. (laughs) DeVal's Gronkian August play locks him in as one of this year's premier fantasy sleepers. If DeVal is on your league's waiver wire, don't walk to your computer to pick him up. Run. (laughs) I love it. So that's how you do it. Silva's a master. What a a week for DeVal. 
by the way. You know, get get involved. It really with, is with uh, the kneeling before the national anthem. Yep, yeah. unifier. Thought, which, I, which I thought, no, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was a great uh, message and great job by the Browns in general. And now getting mentioned by Silva. Also, like, but Seth was the only problem with that is devolved now is like a real news person. He's like in right. the news as a quote unquote important figure. And does, are you a little annoyed, Mark? Well, I got yeah. I, I had number one. I'm not annoyed because I think it was it, I, personally. I found it a great moment for the Browns and what they express as a team. But secondly, uh, I got tons of tweets saying, "Oh, maybe your little Seth DeValve snark machine might need to end at this point." It's like, <laughs> well, by the way, we were always hoisting him up as a, yeah. as a quality guy and a great teammate, and that's come true. I think actually we were on this story. Far before human events. Okay, let's get back to the point. Good job, Seth. Uh, we're proud of you. Um, so, and I, I didn't see you taking notes, Greg, but yes, that that is the way to write. Well, I take umbrage because Why? Why? Who, who was the one who was the one schooling Evan Silva on how to write these blurbs back in the day? No, tighten up the the opinion part. You know, no, like <laughs> we don't want two sentences up top. You got to put the source in there up top if it's a report. You know, all sorts yeah. of stuff. I I was writing the book. I didn't, you know, I didn't start I didn't start the company or anything. This, sh- this but segment I was, should go through without I any was writing the book on uh, how to do all those blurbs. Literally the book. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I was t- telling him what to do. You know, a lot you can tell you can ask Evan not a lot of uh, friendly instant message. Dan, this is some high-level pot stirring by you. Yes. Yeah, I had no idea this would get <laughs> under Greg's skin, but uh, apparently it has. Anyway, so now that we have these instructions, let's go around the room. Um, Feel a little intimidated writing these for the first time ever next to the guy that essentially created the franchise. Yes. Well, the good thing is it's simple. It's very simple. Anyone can follow it, and that's that, right, it, you know because you have six it. or seven writers, you, you got to have it all one voice. All right, so one last time. It is time for Roto World Blurbs from the Future. Greg, get us going. All right. These are from the future. They have not happened yet. That's what the future is about. Uh, but they will. And if you watch, you know, if you watch on uh, online on video, you can see our little Roto World blurbs, blurbs we got ready. But uh, the headline here: Shady Times in Buffalo coming to an end. LaShawn McCoy said after okay. Sunday's <laughs> week six loss that the Bills offense, quote, doesn't have a clue. This is dated October 22nd, 2017. And then the analysis. This has been building for a while. Fresh off a season where the team led the NFL in rushing, McCoy is averaging a paltry 3.5 yards Ooh. per carry with only one touchdown on the season. Yikes, this is week six. It's hard to imagine McCoy sticking around for a second year under coach Sean McDermott and has us wondering if the Bills start looking for trade partners before Halloween's deadline. A return to Philadelphia would make a lot of sense. Wow. I mean, a little beefy maybe in terms of the word count, but otherwise exactly why uh, that would be. I did add that four sentence in. I I always liked it three sentences, nice and tight. You got the information out there. All right. The opinion. That's a good one, and actually, it, the, it is definitely happening. These are from the future. Yeah, uh, that one doesn't surprise me that much. It would be great. It'd be news. a tough year in Orchard It would Park. be great news for our friend, uh, our friend in the desert, the Consigliere, to have Jonathan. His Wil- name is Spice Rack. Spice Rack. Jonathan Williams, also a sleeper of Evan Silva this year. Jonathan Williams. So that would be good news for him. There we go. Let's move on to the next headline from the future. This one is. Christian Hackenberg's dream season rolls on. Wonder who wrote this one. All right, next blurb. 
Hackenberg completed 27 of 28 passes for 387 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns as the Jets rolled over the Broncos. Rolled! In week 14, now the blue text, his lone incompletion came on a clock-killing spike late in the first half with a favorable schedule ahead, including a week 17 matchup against the crazy, disappointing, and frankly embarrassing Patriots. Hackenberg is in excellent position to become the mm. league's first unanimous MVP since Tom Brady in 2010, uh, dated Heck. Sunday, December 10th, 2017, 7:40. What a Cinderella story. I feel good about it. I mean, this is I can't say that I'm, I feel I'm like expecting you went, this. You went a little but... safe there with that one, but... Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that this was supposed to be a comedy routine. I thought we were supposed to be giving some predictions, some analysis of what fans might expect to see instead of uh, your dream scenario. That'll never happen. This is not a dream. This is the future. Sometimes the future can feel like a dream, but this is not. This is reality. It just hasn't happened yet. Mark, keep us going. Very solid by you. All right. Let's go back to New England. <laughs> McDaniels bolting pro football for the pool. According to now, by the way, my white text, they've meshed with my blue. If you're on the video show here, my white text is nice and brief up top. According to Ginger B. Harkins of gridironnotebook.net, Patriots play caller Josh McDaniels is considering a departure from the NFL to coach women's swimming. Big scoop for Ginger. Thought a swimming writer would break this, but no. Well, let's get down, to the, let's get down to the analysis. The celebrated offensive coordinator has become enamored with the sport since picking up a swimming magazine at a newsstand during a family vacation in Ibiza. McDaniels is in talks to take up the coaching mantle at Lee Harvey Oswald High School in Ipswich, Mass., Jesus. where the girls' team is anchored by Olympic freestyle, freestyle hopeful Jessica Tangential. That's all you're getting out of the analysis. What kind of town? That is from February 9th, 2018, 3.11 p.m. What kind of school district names a school after John Kennedy's assassin? (laughs) This is far into the future. The season's over. Got no information about what will happen in the season. When was that vacation in Ibiza? Didn't know that's a family place to go. Well, they, well I don't know. The report. It's McDaniel, from the future. That's right. The, the report has some shady aspects to it. Uh, Greg, keep us going. What do we got next? Do we got? Let's go to that little Kenny Vaccaro blurb. Oh yeah. I mean, it, you know, the the <laughs> bring us back to reality. The Roto World. They don't just do offensive posts. They do defensive posts all all the time. All the time. Headline. Hell getting chilly as Saints defense excels again. Mm. I get that. The, yeah, hell for, for you. There like, you go. Like <laughs> Saints safety Kenny Vaccaro recorded six tackles, one interception, two pass defense, a sack, and two tackles for loss in a 24-14 victory over the Panthers in week three. This is September 24, 2017. Six. Comment on that little opinion. The Saints defense is respectable. Vaccaro is off to a monster start to his contract years as one of the most valuable safeties in IDP leagues and the NFL as a whole. The Saints moved to 2-1 and one with a surprising formula of sound defense led by a deep secondary and a much-improved linebacker crew. If this keeps up, the team will be able to keep feeding their productive three-headed backfield a ton of carries each week. Way to go, Vaccaro. Like I, that. Stretched into nearly a long form there with the analysis. That was the very, same amount as anything. Three analysis. sentences, that's what you got. I do. You want, you want to add the – you know, I've done this. You want to add as much <laughs> fantasy goodness and content as you can. You want to have it the, the reader really understand the context of why you're bringing this to the fore. How does it feel to be flexing these muscles again? I feel like you, you're a little energized during this segment. Yeah, I wouldn't mind doing a little more. maybe challenged after Silva showed up. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't mind doing a little morning news shift. You just go through all the tweet, Twitter and 
I will say Saints defense looking intriguing yeah. in the uh, preseason. You might not be far, uh, far, too far off. Moving up. No, it's it's actually the reality. Oh, it's, it's actually happening. Yeah, not should happen. Not More reality. Headline, Mike Glennon still at the Bears draft party. <laughs> John Fox confirmed the report that the lanky fifth-year passer has been in a curled fetal position behind a popcorn machine at Soldier Field since Chicago drafted Mitch Trubisky. Mm. And now it's time for some analysis. <laughs> Glennon accepted a team. Well, actually, I messed it up because there's a little more background here. See, I'm new to this road world. Sometimes you have to you have to dig little in rusty. a little deeper in the yeah. background. Well, the, the good thing is you can always edit it live. There's a lot oh, of you mis- can. yeah. There's a lot of mistakes that go up on the site back at least you know back in the day. Maybe it's a little cleaner now. Then you clean Seems it. Seems very clean today. I think you'll like the end of it though, Greg. I think you'll be proud. <laughs> Glennon accepted a team invite to attend a fan draft party on April 28th. Fox said the club has been employing a limber neck doppelganger during the preseason. Fake Glennon, age unknown, is worth a look as a two quarterback league play. <laughs> a little bit of, a little, I little, like uh, that. A little bit of you know help there for people. Friday, August 25th, 2007. That was good. I mean, if you really wanted to sound fantasy, it'd be like. Glennon is a low-end QB2, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> All right, Mark, um, take us through uh, one more time. Let's go to the Bay Area. Okay. San Francisco, no more waning for NFL enigma, Waxy. 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan calls undrafted running back Francisco Waxy and quotes the key to our ground game Waxy. 2018. This comes right at the end of the season, by the way. A ghost during his rookie year and considered no more than a myth by fans, Waxy has explored excuse me, Waxy has exploded during late season practices for Cam Inman of the Bay Area News Group. He's someone the organization treasures, Shanahan said after watching Waxy run for 174 yards and two touchdowns in the final quarter of Sunday's regular season beatdown of the Rams. Mm. Wow. Waxy resurfaces in a big spot. I hold off on the fantasy advice because it's January 2nd. A lot can happen between... January 2nd in fantasy well, drafts next summer. It's worth watching the video just to see the headshot that Waxy has because I don't know how Roto World managed to do this, but it seemed to be a hand drawing of Waxy. <laughs> well, that has a lot to do with the NFL uh, podcast scenarios deep ruling on how to use graphical images and photographs that are out on the internet. I, th- I think it worked out well. Subtweet the, right there. The readers, um, listeners. All right, one t- one more time around the horn. Let's do it one more time. All right. Or, or should we stop? Or no, no, let's no, go. go. This around. is great. One more time. Greg, uh, take us back to the throne of evil. Oh, this is a long one, too. Headline. Right. I mean, this is your world. <laughs> yeah, but it's really not that long. It just seems long when we're reading out loud. Okay. The joy of Rex. See, I, I stuck with the future not too far in the future. This kind is of October gross. 1st. 2017. Rex Burkhead rushed for 74 yards on 13 carries, caught six passes for 43 yards, and scored two touchdowns in a week four victory. Don't say we didn't warn you. Roto World Svengali, Evan Silva has been banging the Burkhead drum with authority since the preseason, <laughs> and those who have listened have been rewarded with steady RB1 slash two production on 15 plus touches per week. Unfortunately, Silva has grown drunk with power after a particularly strong season as a tout and now roams the streets of Chicago shirtless yelling, who's talking trash about my Ernest Wilford sleeper call now? Mm. Wow. That's October 1st. That's only a few more months until the full meltdown happens for Silva, unfortunate. Yeah, and a great and and at least it comes along with great news for Burkhead owners. You know, if you take him late in the draft, that's that's yeah. great news. And I'm surprised Silva's really held on to that Wilford criticism for so long because that's a decade since. since well, it led to his you know, unraveling. As, as yeah, a sleeper. that is very surprising. Silva, by the way, was just named in a report somewhere as the number one mentioned fantasy name in the game. 
Big time. Pretty big. How do you feel about that? Our own, I think it's great. Our own Adam Rank, He's number the best. two. It's pretty nice. Uh, nice job by Rank. Nice job yeah. by Silva. Um, all right. Moving on. So that was my subtle uh, tease to the Fantasy Spectacular, which I believe is starting this Friday. On Friday. That was a little early It's info. back. <laughs> if you got Wednesday or Thursday drafts, go get you some wrecks. All right. Headline. Report, colon. Lions Institute, quote, home games only policy. <laughs> the Motown Daily Register cited unnamed sources in reporting that the Lions will forfeit all road contests this season in favor of an eight-game season that includes no air travel, travel and, quote, significantly depressed logistical concerns, close quote. Here's the analysis. Uh, a little bit more reporting. Uh, one anonymous <laughs> line was quoted as saying, this is like way easier, man. The writing's been on the wall here since Detroit was the last team to report uh, for training camp this Thank summer. Uh, of course, don't forget about Jim Caldwell's decision to turn his back on the solar eclipse in a big spot. That was another red flag. Uh, we advise you to steer clear of Lions players in all formats until they reinstitute a full 16-game schedule. Wednesday, September 6, 2017, 11.58. I mean, Rock-solid advice at the end there. To jump off these Detroit players from a fantasy No, that's that's a big durability problem if they're only playing home games. You're only getting eight games out of them. All right. Mercifully, Mark, wrap it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's from the B-roll, uh, it just said Kenny Chesney tour 2008 on sale right now. Okay, let's go. All right. Back to New England one more time. Seems to be the only place we are. Steve Belichick, engineer behind Pat's Dynasty. Santa Monica's Rand Corporation claims Steve Belichick's iconic scouting tome riddled with secret messages. In a stunning paper published Tuesday, expert linguist Lionel Billingsley claims to have found, in quotes, legions of coded text within the pages of football scouting methods, the 1962 opus by Navy coaching legend Steve Belichick, father of Bill. Taking the 14th letter of every paragraph from Chapter 3, What is Expected of the Scout, Billingsley unearthed the dark mantra that begins, My loving boy William and I spent 900-plus hours working with government intelligence men in Peru to create a football, a perfect football player we call Tommy. <laughs> October 10th, 2017. Wow. I mean, that's going to rock the football world. That would rock him. And I got a feeling that... That could lead to maybe a loss of another first-round pick. I mean, this Rand Corporation is a real thing. Right up the it's, street It's from in you. Santa Monica. It's uh, international policy and research. It was one of the key uh, research foundations, I believe, that helped get the country into the Vietnam War. You would think that would have helped put them out of business, but no, they keep growing. Well, I they're, think they're, some they're of right their, outside the park that I go to they sometimes. Are. Their, projects, like their projects, Just, I think, have changed to some degree. They're, I think they're still nefarious, and they're off the grid, such as this. Very off the grid. There you go. Those are Roto World blurbs from the future. Mm. Wow. All right. Before we go. I think that Rancorp Vietnam take was a, was a, was a bad take. <laughs> I thought you... <laughs> I thought you said that. It's a mistake. I heard you. I thought you said, I thought that ran long, and you're right. It did ran long. (laughs) No, that was great. That was great. All right, here we go. Before we get out of here, let's welcome him in. You know who he is. You know who it is. It's time for Trash Takes with Patrick Claybon. Oh, yeah. And now, Trash Takes with Patrick Claybon. What? Mm -hmm. That's big time. Drop the bomb on me. Just go ahead and do that. That's incredible. Yeah, when you get frag voicing... your bit, you know, you've made it. Frags was, Frags was excited about me going up here. I couldn't figure out why. Now you know. No. Frags actually approached me privately on Monday, and she got back from one of her European jaunts that she's <laughs> known for, also known as her weekend. Yeah, and uh, had a, a very raspy voice to her, uh, and she said, "Hey, if you need me this week, 
I'm in fine form. And I said, hey, I might take you up on that. She was like the daughter of Kim Carnes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Patrick Claibon, you know why you're here. Because whenever something in the NFL that has, you know, a little bit of uh, heat to it, a little hot sauce on it, a storyline that leads to hot takes, that's where Patrick Claibon comes in. He is the hot takes ombudsman uh, of NFL media, of really media, period. Uh, So he is now going to step in and share some of the hottest takes he came across, the trash takes the trashiest takes he came across when Odell Beckham hurt his ankle on Monday night against the Browns. Yeah, we're sitting there, and you see Odell go down, and your initial thought is, oh, my God, this guy is so important to the Giants. Well, these people on the Internet, they have other opinions. Okay. And uh, <laughs> shout-out to Alex Wilk, who helped me go through these and kind of and sort them out and make sure that we're not maligning anyone. So these are paraphrased. I Yeah, that that is, you know. That was on our radar before the show. I think people, if you have a trash take and you put it out and you publish it, it's you're publishing your own work. You should have your name on it, and it puts you out there to be criticized. But Alex is looking out for the the greater good. And and he's got to take care of all of us, and we appreciate Alex. All right, first off, OBJ, this trash tweet. I was watching OBJ walk to locker room. Questions, why didn't anybody from Giants go with him? Also, would Odell drop to his knees if camera wasn't there? Yeah, let's break this down. Uh, two parts. The first part, why didn't anyone walk to the locker room with him? I don't know. I didn't really thought about that. There was a lot of conspiracy theories about this. Why Why is he alone? That got on my radar a little bit, but I'll look at right. your, so, your side. So far, yeah. halfway through, Not a big deal. I wouldn't call it a trash take. It's interesting to wonder. He's the signature player on the team. Part two. Yeah. Part Can two. you read that again? Would Odell have dropped to his knees if the camera wasn't there? Hey, you want the answer, Patrick? Because I'll give you the answer, in my opinion. He would not have dropped to his knees. I'm in on this trash You're day. in on it? I'm totally <laughs> in on it. So, so in our old format, Dan would be retweeting this. Yeah, he, I'd be he, slamming the he retweet. Loves it. All right, here's, here's a little backstory. We watched this game in Chris Wesseling's yeah. hospital room yes. as a foursome. was a very unique podcast uh, experience that no one was taping. And Dan basically had this take, trash take out loud at the time. Yeah, well, I thought you were going to give me credit that I said get Odell out of the game. Like, oh, that too. Seconds Actually, that hurt. was true. That was amazing. He was like, get Odell out of the game, a play before that happened. But then, yes, you thought he was playing up for the camera, which I, I thought was unfair. I totally think that Odell plays it up for the camera, and I think the dropping to his knees is full. He's fully aware that the camera's behind him. He likes it. I'm not even saying it makes him some type of like you know playboy or some guy that's like a glory boy type thing. Uh, I'm just saying he likes it. He likes being the center of attention. It, I yeah. don't think that's trashy. It just didn't surprise me that of all the players in the league that would have had this pantomime, this moment uh, that was captured perfectly on crisp, like 70 millimeter footage. It was like Odell in the middle of like an empty hallway. <laughs> How but many, I just, that, you know, he sense I'm willing the moment. to let it go. How yeah. many players in the NFL do we get the full Bill Goldberg walk? Right, all exactly. The way, that every single that step part is fair. You room. normally wouldn't have seen him. And he just suffered what looks like, if I had to guess, a high ankle sprain. First, it's a little weird that there was no one with him, like carding him or anything. But. If he, he just suffered an injury that's knocking one of the country's best athletes out of action for three or four weeks, that probably hurts. Yep, the second part of it doesn't okay. happen if the first part doesn't. 
if there are team officials with him guiding him back to the locker room, the second part where he's al- alone on the ground, wouldn't he, it, we wouldn't. I think this is trash, bro. Yeah. Okay. He has, to me, he has a cinematic <laughs> uh, viewpoint of his entire existence. He believes he's the star of his own movie. On some level, he is. He's walking down this this empty hallway, and that there's a lot of like there's a metaphor to that. That all of a sudden he's all alone. He's no longer on the battlefield, and he he's alone with his injury. Oh. There's a cameraman behind me. Oh, stop. Let's bring this up to the next notch. Not trash to me. Okay. Well, this uh, <laughs> this second one goes along with a similar theme. Oh. Ew, what's that smell? It's Trash Takes with Patrick Claybaugh. <laughs> Get the truck going. All right, uh, similar themes of all of these. Uh, we, we just went with three. But um, number two, the hit obviously looked bad. Mm. Ellipses. But Odell Beckham Jr. always knows where that camera's at and can't miss the opportunity to be the center of attention. Hmm. Again, this dance all over this one. This is you know what? Okay, I'll stay out of this. Somebody else. Somebody no, else I think it's good. I think it it's healthy for the trash take segment to have disagreement. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes it better. I'll say this: the, the the hit looked very bad when it happened. Yes. So if he was in pain, I ain't not taking that away from him. I right. don't think he was uncomfortable at all, and he was probably also here's a guy that wished he had signed a long-term deal before he got stuck in some preseason game where now he's talking about taking out a massive insurance policy. I'm sure there's fear and concern on multiple levels happening no matter if you're Odell Beckham or any other player. It's, it's an emotional moment. I don't know. I'm not going to get on him the for what's part happening we, I, a, I, emotional, The second part I agree moment. with from before. Steve. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to channel uh, my old man, Keith Hansis. You go, Danny, this is Beckham. He's an actor. <laughs> definitely what my dad thinks <laughs> no emotion expressed from uh any nfl player but anyway i think it's totally yeah that's, right. that's the thing the, the third one isn't about the helmet at all is it because that was another thing no, got let's on stay my here for a second it's you can be hurt and i think he was obviously hurt but also still be you know knowing that every camera's on you he likes that i don't even think that's a bad thing necessarily yeah, but people, I never... he enjoys that the cameras are there and i think he always Part of his celebrity, I think, is that he kind of plays to the cameras a little bit, no matter what the injuries. Situation. Even, different. even for example, when he punches a wall, the camera doesn't have to be there, but Odell knows right. that there's going to be a camera there later, and that's why he's punching a wall. I guess that's the theory that we're going at there. That it's like, well, somebody might give a take, I guess, to this thing <laughs> that I did, yeah. And then after the fact, it'll be all right. Anyway, we can go to that's the, a deep thought. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll go to the third and final theme of. Um, hey, Richie. It's I can't. I can't read these. Don't walk over your own trap. No, I'm trying not to. I'm just so excited. <laughs> uh, I can't read this one specifically because it's. Uh, you we've know, been tampered down. Yeah, considerably. Uh, we've been tampered down yeah. a bit. But it, oh, okay. The, I got the general you. theme is criticism of his masculinity. Oh, okay. See. Uh, because he chose to be frustrated. That's trash. That's trash. That's trash. I'm totally with that. We don't need to go there. In general, this idea that people on Twitter see a guy suffer an injury, and and, and then that's and this happens. A, as someone that grew up in New York, it's any any division, but especially like Eagles fans and and Redskins fans and Giants fans, they all hate each other and they all think their players are the worst people alive. And there is a lack of humanity sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. A lot of times on Twitter. And it comes out with things like this. This guy, he might miss time, Beckham, but he came very close to having his career impacted right. forever. Right. So you know, back off the the physical toughness angle here. It's a tough sport to play. That's why the the tweets, and I saw a couple of them questioning. Oh, just had to throw off his helmet right away. You know, like <laughs> like that was necessary. And I'm like, do we? Have, first of all, that always happens when players get hurt. They take off their their helmet. Like, second, Greg just subtweeted someone in this company. It's second. Really it's, you can look it up. <laughs> 
There was a few of those, though. <laughs> yeah. It, second, it's a the moment where I, a 200-pound man just hit his knee going full speed with a helmet as hard as he could. Like, classic I'm not, Browns. I'm not questioning the uh, – It is not classic what, Browns. <laughs> they normally miss the tackle by seven or eight yards. I'm not questioning the action of what he does three seconds after that. You're a new father. I would imagine one of your primary, you know, instincts, teachings that you're passing down is to avoid some of the your son to avoid some of these hot takes. Yeah, and, and that's and that's <laughs> the goal. We we made the Twitter account uh, seconds after he opened his eyes for the first time. <laughs> Gotta go and, there. Uh, you know, I'm I'm going over some rules and regulations, and uh, and yeah, this just being toxically masculine is is probably up there. Mm. Something we, you'll play not. trash takes with Patrick Claybon for him in his crib <laughs> at night as he goes to sleep. We have between the four of us in this room right now, we have what? Two, four, five, six sons. Just a massive progeny. And, <laughs> and, and a daughter. And a daughter. And yeah. a daughter. And I was referring to the toxic masculinity mm-hmm. angle here. I hope your daughter doesn't go down that road either. Toxic she can uh, be masculinity. But like uh, my point is, is that we have to be vigilant, um, ever vigilant of toxic masculinity on Twitter. But also, mm-hmm. we can't control them. What happens if your boy starts throwing out some trash takes? What do you do? You roast him. <laughs> you roast him mercilessly. Do you take do you take him out of social media? Can you bench him? No, you just just flame him on Twitter and get some people to blast him. <laughs> you know, you got to take the L. You got to learn he's how to take the L. Bud, he's the ambassador for everybody. Uh, new challenges in parenting. <laughs> Um. All right. So there you go. I think. What a show. I love. I love this. By the way. No recycling here. It's trash takes with Patrick Claybon. <laughs> I love <laughs> trash takes with Patrick Claybon. But I'm going to pound the table the next time we bring it back that there should be names attached to these trash takes. You put it out there, that, just like you want to do with your son. You want him to own his trash takes. These people should own their trash tape. I mean, maybe if we want to keep it where we're not, you know, getting in trouble with other media outlets, we could certainly find people inside our own NFL media landscape oh, yeah. with the trash takes, and we take them Yeah, down. that sounds like a great career move for a <laughs> smart group of people like us. We, we do it out of love. We're so good at this career thing. Yeah. This is all constructive criticism. All right, uh, Patrick, uh, even though we are on opposite sides of the OW, you're saying, you're telling me Beckham dropping to his knees in the tunnel <laughs> doesn't ring any alarm bells to you in terms of, he might be playing it up a little bit. No, I, I thought, wow, he, he might really be hurt. And then I looked at the replay, and I saw he was probably a fraction of a second from having yeah. his foot touch the ground and his knee be gone completely. It could be both. That's what I'm saying. He could be, could be upset, both. but also be like, I'm Odell. There's room for both. Yeah. <laughs> Don't shake your head, Greg. I'm allowed to have an opinion. Sure. I'm allowed to disagree with your trash thing. <laughs> You're trash, bro. All right. Thank you, Patrick, for joining us. Thank you, guys. I think it's important that we have, like, our takes come from both angles of the trash. Yeah. We got this trash covered. All right. <laughs> Patrick goes back downstairs. He is one of the faces of the news operation. Patrick jumping off the Titanic just in time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to leave. We're, we're, the show is over. Yeah, the show's over. Stay on, Patrick, please. Cool. Uh, <laughs> NFL up to the minute. He He's all over the place. He's keeping you informed. Uh, we will be back on Friday with our third and final show of the week, which will be part one of the fantasy extravaganza uh, with some special guests from our uh, our, our fantasy team here at NFL Media, so we're very excited for that show. I know, Mark, you are the most excited about the return of the fantasy. How do I get to Friday? What do I do with myself <laughs> until then? <laughs> and, yeah, we're going back to the hot corner, too. So uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the boss, Mr. Claybon himself, and Erica Tamposi behind the glass. Till Friday. 
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com you know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.